0: And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Brie. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters and we're here to talk about it.
1: Oh crap, I left you on. I was like, what do you mean we could have gotten spicy mayo for our hair? I thought we already went over that. Welcome back,
0: everyone. We made it to the finale. (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) I mean, we're kind of here. We're here. We're here. Yeah, we had a little delay to get here. None of us were okay for a hot minute. But here we are. How are are you guys doing? Yeah, how how is
2: everyone? Tell us. Did, Did you get everything you wanted?
0: That's not a question... Mm-hmm. That's going to. That's a very loaded question.
2: That's why I asked it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's uh, season three is over. Season three has concluded, and we finally got our revolution part two. Took us ten episodes to get here. It
0: wasn't really a revolution. I mean, it was. Uh, it was. Okay. Well, here we are. Um, confusion. All right. I mean, with any world-building
2: stuff that's been condensed from seven seasons to three, there's gonna be confusion.
0: I feel bad that we don't have that. We didn't, they had to smush everything because of the time constraint, and it sucks. We deserve more seasons. Period. End of sentence. That is
2: the theme of sapphic media in the year of our not-lord, lesbian Jesus, 2022. Mm-hmm. So
0: Well, this one was written by Elliot.
2: Yeah, so I, I I love that the same team that did Revolution Part One did Revolution Part Two, and the same exact team that started season three got to bookend. So yeah, this episode was written by Elliot, which is only fitting. This was his brainchild, so he wrote the finale, and then the director was the amazing Amanda Tapping. So I'm really Woo-hoo! glad that they got to bookend. The season, yes. and then tell both Revolution stories. How does Revolution Part 2 start? Well, it starts in the woods, where the Core 4 and the doormat are, like, running around in the woods. And, like, you hear helicopters overhead. So, like, things are starting after Rail's vampire audition at the end of the last episode. <laughs> and... Turning into a vampire is really straining on Raelle. She's, like, struggling to, like, stand and stay conscious, but won't admit it. She's like, I'm fine. And Scylla's like, bitch, you're not fine. Like, pulling my wife card. Sit down against this tree. And so she does to take a breather, and, like, everybody stops at that point. And then out of nowhere, Petra, Anacostia, and Sterling appear, because they were also in a different part of the woods, I guess. And Petra's like, listen, um, things are happening. The capital, D.C., it's crawling with Camaria, which is where our precious Wade is. So we got to get her the fuck out of there. She's going to the session with Thelma, who's going to keep her safe. And she fills them in on basically what happened at the end of the last episode, the fall of Fort Salem, and there's no, half the army's not there yet, so the Camarias concentrated by the mycelium, because that's been their target the whole season. So they're like, we got to go there. And the Korfors then starts debating about whether or not they're all going to join because Raelle is like dying, even though she won't admit it. But at the end, they're just like, we need to stick together because unit unity and we got to see this mission through the end. And so they all decide to go do that. And the whole scene, I have to note, Adil says nothing. Because he's the doormat and he just goes wherever Abigail goes. He has no opinion on any of this.
0: End of scene. At least Scylla gets lines <laughs> as this other spouse. Mm hmm. Scylla barely had lines, but yeah. She barely had lines. Her job in this entire episode was to be Rail's wife.
2: I mean, that's Scylla's plot the whole season. Like Scylla yeah. was it's annoying because Scylla was set up in season two with Morgan's Whisper to be like this big, like battle changer, and then her job this whole season was like to either be the stand-in for Rail when Rail wasn't there, to remind the audience why Rail's not there, and then when Rail's there, she's just Rail's support system. That's it. Scylla had no autonomy this season, except for like a scene with Papa Collar. It's very upsetting. But she gets more autonomy than Adil, who was literally pointless this whole season. <laughs> so
0: there's that there's that um yeah let's go on over to isadora i have questions i have one question in this scene that repeated in my head the entire time i was watching it for the first time are you okay girl that's all (laughs) Oh, she's doing great. Oh, man. I love this scene. I love this scene a lot. Like, it's like one of my favorite scenes in this entire episode. Hi. She's alive, everybody. But we kind of knew she would be just because she's Isadora and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Isadora wakes up and she sees Penelope being held in the distillery, is what I call it. (laughs) Where uh, previously she had been distilled by um, Isadora. And also poofs away sometimes. So someone comes up, a goon comes up and sedates Isadora, or gives her some kind of drug, I'm guessing a, a sedative. And then she asks Albin what he's doing with Penelope. And he says, admiring your work. Creepily. So this is the meeting of the two mad scientists. One of them mad in a good way and the other one mad in the all the wrong ways. Uh, He goes down to where Penelope is and taps on the glass like she's an animal in a cage because to him she is just an experiment, something, not a human, never was a human, just something for him to play with. He taunts her and she dematerializes into the container that is attached to the side of her little distillery. He tells a goon to take the container off to an off-site facility, and then he comes back to taunt Isadora by asking about the mother, and saying, "Do you think she'll pop or shrivel?" I was like, "Don't, don't fuck with Isadora. She's is so much cooler than you, and much more badass." Um, she says, "There's only one thing you need to know," followed by maniacal laughter. <laughs> uh, props to Emily. For yeah, this lit- entire...
2: Literally <laughs> give her an award for her mad scientist laugh because it was so good. It creeped out Albin, which is a high compliment.
0: Yeah, if you're creeping Albin out and making him doubt yeah. things, you're powerful. You got it. It was... Good job, Emily. That was amazing. Yes. And so the one thing that he needs to know about the mother is that she's going to kill you all. And that's followed by more mad scientist, maniacal laughter, which spooks the shit out of Albin. <clears throat> and then he tells them to give her more of whatever drug. And for a second, it kind of phases her, but then she goes back to her laughing and it's masterful. The actual masterful, not the kind that Albin's going to say later in the episode.
2: Yeah. Hell yeah, and you gotta. I love this woman. You gotta love her fighting spirit too, because like she, assuming it was a sedative, like who knows what that really was. Like she was like going out of her normal consciousness, but was still like retaining her pettiness. And I love that for her.
0: We love a petty-ass mad scientist queen. Ooh, we sure do. (sighs)
2: speaking of queens. We're going to shoot on over to another part of the world. We're going to Elmina, Ghana, according to the title card. And we get this establishing shot of a fort or like this very fortified looking building that's like on the coast. So there's like waves pushing against palm trees, like kind of a hazy clouds, bunch of clouds that come into play later. And then we cut inside this building and we find Alder wading through a public market like she's following a tune, like she's listening intently. She hears this what sounds like the uh, the piece of the first song she's looking for. And she looks out the window and onto the ocean and starts seeing these clouds forming this like circular spirally looking thing. So she's like, okay, cool. The first song is here. See them clouds. I need to investigate. But before she can, there's this explosion. <laughs> sure. Yeah, what the That's hell this- was that? I know. Was this necessary? There's an explosion at the f- entrance of the... This is a public market where people come to get groceries and trade and do whatever... And then the Ghana military is like, fuck you, and blows up the entrance that was already open. So I don't understand this. I think it's just for drama. And chaos obviously ensues because it's just like normal people doing life in there. And so they start fleeing and all just trying to assess what's going on. And then the Ghana witch army or military looking officials come in like doing their song. They're like, yeah, we did this bitch. And we heard you were back, Alder, General Alder, because to them, they're like, okay, General Alder, obviously infamous in military circles for hundreds of years, and she's in their land unannounced. So they're like, great, great, America's invading us because America does this shit all the time. Cool. You guys can't be trusted. So they're like on the defensive, like, which makes sense. But Alder's like trying to explain like, no, I'm here on Alder business It has nothing to do with the military like I'm just here doing me but the guys they're not having it because they see the storm outside they're like mm-hmm. is that you what the fuck like why are you here and Alder gets back into a corner and they're like here you are Alder spouting all these lies and she finds some mold growing on a wall from a leaky pipe and then she's like gets all smug and she's like am I though am I here and touches the wall and then disappears into the mycelium which freaks everybody the fuck out And side note, this dude that was watching her, the one that like corralled her into this corner, is gonna remember this shit forever because the look on his face was like pure trauma. Like he was traumatized by whatever just happened here. So I'm wondering at the end of the show, one of two things has to come of this whole scene because Ghana is now like, what the fuck was this army general doing in our fort? So political ramifications from Alder's actions. Or two, like they see what she just did with this mycelial work, and then they're like, oh cool, can we evaporate into magical mushrooms and pop up wherever the fuck we want? And so they now have a new thing in their arsenal work-wise if they could figure out how to do replicate this. So there's that. Thanks,
0: Alder. America barging into situations they're not supposed to be in since forever.
2: whole scene was justified. I don't really understand this scene because we figure out Me the either. origin of the song later. So yeah. why the hell was it being sung here? And I don't
0: understand.
2: Why was there a storm who was singing? No one was singing this that was alive. So I don't understand this scene unless Alder it just was like unless Alder was like it was like, you know how Tally has like visions? Like I wonder if this was like the mycelium in real time giving her like a vision of the past and maybe that's how she got here. She's like following the song through like mycelial memory. And well, like can we oh. explain that? No, we can't explain anything. You can explain it by being like magic exists. All right. But yeah, maybe that was it. And so she was kind of like following that trail. So like when the originator of this song was in Ghana doing this magic, she was following like a memory trail maybe and like was hallucinating. That's all I got. Because it doesn't make sense. In But then he saw it. So it doesn't make any sense, actually. <laughs> what was going on here? Nope.
0: Nope. But okay. But sure. It works, I guess. It doesn't. All right. Back to Fort Salem. So the Core Four plus Greg are going to the... Wait, I'm sorry. Doormat. Wow, are you on a Greg name basis? with? <laughs> yeah, I am. Greg and I are on a first name basis. um, a, a shortened nickname basis, shall I say. Uh, So they're all going to the Necro facility, but they need some Scourges first. So off to the training room. Uh, Anacostia stops them before they can really depart and gives them a pep talk about how they're the perfect combo and tells them never to forget what they built. And also, as an aside, take care of this one. Meaning Scylla, that's all she gets. (laughs) Scylla hugs Anacostia and then the unit follows suit because, you know, it's not normal for them to hug Anacostia and Scylla's just like, fuck this shit, I'm gonna hug Anacostia. So, there you have it.
2: Yeah, and you knew shit was going down when they specifically paused to do this. And the only person we hug is Anacostia. Correct. Literally nobody else gets a hug. No, not the Petra, not, no. Foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. So we go from that heavily implied foreshadowing scene to the Core Four getting dressed in army uniforms and getting scourges in the locker room. And they have locker room talk as per their setting where Scylla and Abigail tease tease Tally about Greg, a.k.a. Gregorio. And thirsty Tally has no shame about this, as she shouldn't, because whatever. And she's like, hey, I got to charge up before battle. Like, sue me. It's a witch thing. So good for you, Tally. But she isn't the only one, apparently. Um, Apparently all the married couples were off screen having marital sexcapades. So, and... Scylla Big Witch Energy Ramshorn confirms all this by saying, wives make time for such things. So hydrate for lesbian Jesus and her marital fucking.
0: There you go. I love that line. Um, it, could've, it could've it could have been weird, but the way Scylla said it, or the way Amalia said it, was perfect. So yay. So yay. And after all the locker
2: room bragging, the boys come back and Adil finally has a line where he mentions the guards are back and him and Gregorio were off screen strategizing what to do while the girls were having talk about their fucking. So gotta love the gender role reversal of like what was going on in the locker rooms because <laughs> I love that. Thank so, you, Elliot. Yes, thank you, Elliot, for sprinkling that in. That's one aspect of the show that's so great and it was kind of like missed this season with all like the shenanigans so the boys off screen were planning like how best to get to Isadora's office while avoiding all these guards and the plan is to take a staircase that's close to Isadora's office so they're like cool break and then Greg and Tally have this cute little moment and he basically says, I'm going to go, I'm not coming with you down the staircase. I have to go join Anacostia for plot reasons. And so they part. And then Abigail eyes Tally as this is happening. Like she's going to give her shit about her crush later. So that's fun.
0: Yes. I like it. Uh, although the part I don't like is that Gregorio and Tally have more moments in this episode than Rael and Scylla. <laughs>
2: I mean, Rayo and Scylla had a whole ass wedding.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh crap, I left you on. I was like, what do you mean we could have gotten spicy mayo for our hair? I thought we already went over that. Welcome back, everyone. We made it to the finale. <laughs>
0: sort of. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of here. We're here. We're here. Yeah, we had a little delay to get here. None of us were okay for a hot minute. But how, here we are. how are you guys doing? Yeah, how, how is everyone? Tell us. Did, did you get everything you wanted? That's not a question. Mm-hmm. That's going to. That's a very loaded question. That's why I asked it. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's uh, season three is over. Season
2: three has concluded, and we finally got our revolution part two.
0: Took us ten episodes to get here. It wasn't really a revolution. I mean, it was. Uh, It was. Okay, well, here we are. Um, Confusion. All right. I mean,
2: with any world-building stuff that's been condensed from seven seasons to
0: three, there's gonna be
2: confusion.
0: I feel bad that we don't have the... We didn't... They had to smush everything because of the time constraint, and it sucks We deserve more seasons, period, end of sentence.
2: That is the theme of sapphic media in the year of our not-lord, lesbian Jesus, 2022.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So. Well, this one was written by Elliot.
2: Yeah, so I, I, I love that the same team that did Revolution Part 1 did Revolution Part 2, and the same exact team that started Season 3 got to bookend. So yeah, this episode was written by Elliot, which is only fitting. This was his brainchild, so he wrote the finale. And then the director was the amazing Amanda Tapping. So I'm really glad that they got to bookend the season and then tell both Revolution stories. How does Revolution Part 2 start? Well, it starts in the woods, where the Core Four and the doormat are, like, running around in the woods, and, like, you hear helicopters overhead, so, like, things are starting after Rail's vampire audition at the end of the last episode, and turning into a vampire is really straining on Rayel. She's, like, struggling to, like, stand and stay conscious, but won't admit it, she's like, I'm fine. And Sylla's like, bitch, you're not fine. Like pulling my wife card, sit down against this tree. And so she does to take a breather and like everybody stops at that point. And then out of nowhere, Petra, Anacostia and Sterling appear cause they were also in a different part of the woods, I guess. And Petra's like, listen, um, things are happening. The capital, D.C., it's crawling with Camarilla, which is where our precious Wade is. So we got to get her the fuck out of there. She's going to the session with Thelma, who's going to keep her safe. And she fills them in on basically what happened at the end of the last episode, the fall of Fort Salem, and there's no half the armies not there yet. So the Camarillas concentrated by the mycelium because that's been their target the whole season. So they're like, we got to go there. And the Corphors then starts debating about whether or not they're all going to join because Rael is like dying, even though she won't admit it. But at the end, they're just like, we need to stick together because unit unity and we got to see this mission through the end. And so they all decide to go do that. And the whole scene, I have to note, Adil says nothing because he's the doormat and he just goes wherever (laughs) Abigail goes. He has no opinion
0: on any of this. End of scene. At least Scylla gets lines (laughs) as this other spouse. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Scylla barely had lines, but yeah. She barely had lines. Uh, Her job in this entire episode was to be Rael's wife. I mean, that's Scylla's plot the whole season.
2: Like, Scylla was... It's annoying because Scylla was set up in season two with Morgan's Whisper to be like this big, like battle changer. And then her job this whole season was like to either be the stand-in for Rail when Rail wasn't there to remind the audience why Rail's not there. And then when Rail's there, she's just Rail's support system. That's it. Scylla had no autonomy this season, except for like a scene with Papa Collar. It's very upsetting. But she gets more autonomy than Adil, who was literally pointless this whole season. <laughs> so
0: there's that. There's that. Um, yeah, anyway. let's go on over to Isadora. Ooh. I have questions. I have one question in this scene that repeated in my head the entire time I was watching it for the first time. Are you okay, girl? That's all. <laughs> Oh, she's doing great. Oh, man. I love this scene. I love this scene a lot. Like, it's like one of my favorite scenes in this entire episode. Hi. She's alive, everybody. But we kind of knew she would be just because she's Isadora and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Isadora wakes up and she sees Penelope being held in the distillery, is what I call it. (laughs) Where uh, previously she had been distilled by um, Isadora and also poofs away sometimes. So someone comes up, a goon comes up and sedates Isadora, or gives her some kind of drug, I'm guessing a, a sedative. And then she asks Albin what he's doing with Penelope. And he says, admiring your work. Creepily. So this is the meeting of the two mad scientists. One of them mad in a good way and the other one mad in the all the wrong ways. Uh, He goes down to where Penelope is and taps on the glass like she's an animal in a cage because to him she is just an experiment, something, not a human, never was a human, just something for him to play with. He taunts her and she dematerializes into the container that is attached to the side of her little distillery. He tells a goon to take the container off to an off site facility. And then he comes back to taunt Isadora by asking about the mother and saying, do you think she'll pop or shrivel? I was like, don't, don't fuck with Isadora. She's is so much cooler than you and much more badass. Um, she says, there's only one thing you need to know, followed by maniacal laughter. <laughs> uh, props to Emily. For this entire Literally (laughs)
2: give her an award for her mad scientist laugh because it was so good. It creeped out Albin, which is a high compliment.
0: Yeah, if you're creeping Albin out and making him doubt things, you're powerful. You got it. It was...
2: Good job, Emily. That was amazing.
0: Yes. And so the one thing that he needs to know about the mother is that she's going to kill you all. And that's followed by more mad scientist, maniacal laughter, which spooks the shit out of Albin. <clears throat> and then he tells them to give her more of whatever drug. And for a second, it kind of phases her, but then she goes back to her laughing and it's masterful. The actual masterful, not the kind that Albin's going to say later in the episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah hell yeah and you gotta love, I love his, this woman you gotta love her fighting spirit too because like she it, assuming it was a sedative like who knows what that really was like she was like going out of her normal consciousness but was still like retaining her pettiness and i love that for her
0: we great. love a petty ass mad scientist queen Ooh, we sure do
2: ah <sighs> speaking of queens We're going to shoot on over to another part of the world. We're going to Elmina, Ghana, according to the title card. And we get this establishing shot of a fort. Or like this very fortified looking building that's like on the coast. So there's like waves pushing against its palm trees. Like kind of a hazy clouds. bunch of clouds that come into play later. And then we cut inside this building. And we find Alder wading through a public market. Like she's following a tune. Like she's listening intently. She hears this what sounds like the uh, the piece of the first song she's looking for. And she looks out the window and onto the ocean and starts seeing these clouds forming this like circular spirally looking thing. So she's like, okay, cool. The first song is here. See them clouds. I need to investigate. But before she can, there's this explosion. <laughs> sure. Yeah, what the That's hell a- was that? I know, was this necessary? There's an explosion at the f- entrance of the, this is a public market where people come to get groceries and trade and do whatever. And then the Ghana military is like, fuck you, and blows up the entrance that was already open. So I don't understand this. I think it's just for drama. And chaos obviously ensues because it's just like normal people doing life in there. And so they start fleeing and all just trying to assess what's going on. And then the Ghana witch army or military-looking officials come in, like, doing their song. They're like, yeah, we did this, bitch. And we heard you were back, Alder, General Alder, because to them, they're like, okay, General Alder, obviously infamous in military circles for hundreds of years, and she's in their land, unannounced. So they're like, great, great, America's invading us because America does this shit all the time. Cool, you guys can't be trusted. So they're like on the defensive, like, which makes sense. But Alder's like trying to explain like, no, I'm here on Alder business, it has nothing to do with... The military? Like, I'm just here doing me. But the guys, they're not having it because they see the storm outside. They're like, that mm-hmm. is that you? What the fuck? Like, why are you here? And Alder gets back into a corner and they're like, here you are, Alder, spouting all these lies. And she finds some mold growing on a wall from a leaky pipe. And then she's like, gets all smug. And she's like, am I though? Am I here? And touches the wall and then disappears into the mycelium, which freaks everybody the fuck out. And side note, this dude that was watching her, the one that like corralled her into this corner, is gonna remember this shit forever because the look on his face was like pure trauma. Like he was traumatized by whatever just happened here. So I'm wondering at the end of the show, one of two things has to come of this whole scene because Ghana is now like, what the fuck was this army general doing in our fort? So political ramifications from Alder's actions. Or two, like, they see what she just did with this mycelial work, and then they're like, oh, cool, can we evaporate into magical mushrooms and pop up wherever the fuck we want? And so they now have a new thing in their arsenal work-wise if they can figure out how to do replicate this.
0: So there's that. Thanks, Alder. America, barging into situations they're not supposed to be in since forever. whole scene was justified. I don't really
2: understand this scene because we figure out Me the either. origin of the song later. So yeah. why the hell was it being sung here? And I don't understand. Why was there a storm who was sick? Sing- no one was singing this that was alive. So I don't understand this scene unless Alder just was like unless there was like it was like, you know how Tally has like visions? Like, I wonder if this was like the mycelium in real time giving her like a vision of the past, and maybe that's how she got here. She's like following the song through like mycelial memory. And well, was like, can we oh. explain that? No, we can't explain anything. You can explain it by being like, magic exists. All right. But yeah, maybe that was it. And so she was kind of like following that trail. So like when the originator of this song was in Ghana doing this magic, she was following like a memory trail maybe and like was hallucinating. That's all I got. Because it doesn't make sense. In But then he saw it. So it doesn't make any sense, actually. <laughs> what was going
0: on here? Nope. Nope. But okay. But sure. It works, I guess. It doesn't. All right. Back to Fort Salem. So the core four plus Greg are going to the. Wait, I'm sorry, Doormat. Wow, are you on a Greg name basis with? <laughs> yeah, I am. Greg and I are on a first name basis, um, a, a shortened nickname basis, shall I say? Uh, so they're all going to the necro facility, but they need some scourges first. So off to the training room. Uh, Anacostia stops them before they can really depart and gives them a pep talk about how they're the perfect combo and tells them never to forget what they built. And also, as an aside, take care of this one. Meaning Scylla. That's all she gets. <laughs> Scylla hugs Anacostia and then the unit follows suit because, you know, it's not normal for them to hug Anacostia and Silla's just like, fuck this shit, I'm gonna hug Anacostia. So, there you have it.
2: Yeah, and you knew shit was going down. When they specifically paused to do this, and the only person we hug is Anacostia. Correct. Literally nobody else gets a
0: hug. No, not the Petra,
2: not, no. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. So we go from that heavily implied foreshadowing scene to the core for getting dressed in army uniforms and getting scourges in the locker room. And they have locker room talk as per their setting. Where Scylla and Abigail tease tease Tally about Greg, aka Gregorio, and thirsty Tally has no shame about this, as she shouldn't, because whatever. And she's like, hey, I got to charge up before battle. Like, sue me. It's a witch thing. So good for you, Tally. But she isn't the only one, apparently. Um, Apparently all the married couples were off screen having marital sexcapades. So, and Scylla Big Witch Energy Ramshorn confirms all this by saying, Wives make time for such things. So hydrate for lesbian Jesus and her marital
0: fucking. There you go. I love that line. Um, it, could've, it could've it could have been weird, but the way Scylla said it, or the way Amalia said it, was perfect. So yay. So yay.
2: And after all the locker room bragging, the boys come back and Adil finally has a line where he mentions the guards are back and him and Gregorio were off screen strategizing what to do while the girls were having talk about their fucking. So gotta love the gender role reversal of like what was going on in the locker rooms because <laughs> I love that. Thank so, you, well, Elliot. Yes, thank you, Elliot, for sprinkling that in. That's one aspect of the show that's so great and it was kind of like missed this season with all like the shenanigans so the boys off screen were planning like how best to get to Isadora's office while avoiding all these guards and the plan is to take a staircase that's close to Isadora's office so they're like cool break and then Greg and Tally have this cute little moment and he basically says, I'm gonna go, I'm not coming with you down the staircase. I have to go join Anacostia for plot reasons. And so they part. And then Abigail eyes Tally as this is happening, like she's gonna give her shit about
0: her crush later. So that's fun. Yes. I like it. Uh, although, the part I don't like is that Gregorio and Tally have more moments in this episode than Rael and Scylla. <laughs>
2: I mean, Rael and Scylla had a whole ass wedding. We'll take care of these fuckers so you guys can escape. And they do. Abigail and Tally run into the portal room while Nicta uses her bats to kill those bitches because it's Nicta. She's like, I didn't even, I love that she's like me and Gregorio and then she's like, I don't need Gregorio. I'm just gonna use my bats. (laughs) Gregorio doesn't have a line or a fight in this thing. He just stands there. So Gregorio really could have gone in there with them, but
0: whatever. well my takeaway is Nictus hot, and I guess they're going into the hole
2: that is always the take <laughs> take me to the <laughs> hole <laughs> to those who know where that's from my heart goes out to you
1: <laughs>
0: hmm. alright so in the hole <laughs> they walk along the path that the mycelium has created for them. It looks like it almost looks like vines, but it's just mycelial fibers, I guess, perhaps.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, a mycelium is basically like, if you look at it under a microscope, it's like all these little tendril-looking things, but they're we call them hyphae. So it's just like it's almost like they got like put inside a actual mycelium but like they are like much smaller than like what the actual mycelium looks like so everything's like bigger so it just looks like what a hyphae right. would look like if you were microscopic enough to be in it a giant
0: hyphae yeah so um they walk along this path and it's a massive like a cave with a raised bed in the middle as you do and this is what Tally saw in her vision. Great. Uh, Scylla and Adil collapse because you know reasons. And got to torture Scylla and Rael some more, so why not? Rael says she can help them and tries her fixer work, but it doesn't do anything. And she starts freaking out and yells for Tally to help. Tally has no idea because, according to Caitlin. Contrary to popular belief, Callie doesn't have all the answers. She's still a human and has her own stuff going on, too. People keep forgetting that.
2: <laughs> I have a question about this, though. Why didn't Rails work work here? Was it because she's being poisoned? Like the mycelium is being poisoned? Or like is it like witch's work doesn't work inside the mycelium? Only like mycelium work works in here. No, because but- it works later it does it because later rail uses the mycelium to heal them
0: like she does her but she said or the words too no
2: i i know but she's harnessing the mycelium like whereas now she's just trying to heal them on her own without the mycelium by like maybe i don't know i couldn't figure this out like why suddenly it's not
0: working plot yeah so we don't know that's the answer Rail screaming that Scylla's gonna die and uh, that's I got super concerned. Not really. Tally asks Alder if she can hear her and screams Alder's name <clears throat> while the couples cry and ride on the ground. Everyone basically has a panic attack according to Caitlin.
1: <laughs> Relatable.
0: Alright.
2: Alright. So there I saw there's like the bunch of questions going out around there uh, like in the social media world about like what the hell is going on with Adil and Silla like why this was happening to them and so we I don't think we really touch on it so just like to touch on it basically because I get, I think what's happening here is like the mycelium obviously is the whole season the plot was like to poison it to like kill it and I think now the Camarilla is Doing figured out a way to do that more innocuously, the poison. So it seems like the fungicide or whatever they're doing is like different than what they were originally using to poison the mycelium. Because before we just saw it dying and like Rail was just like, she couldn't move. She's like almost incapacitated in a way. And now it's almost like a slower poisoning kind of thing. And so earlier they got hit with mycelium spores. Like you can see on their face, they have some of that purple stuff, almost like... um burning their face a little bit, whereas Rail has that, like, Harry Potter spider-looking scar. So they're being, all being poisoned in a way. But rail seems more, like, able to, I don't know, stay conscious or, like, um, withstand it. And maybe that's because she has some degree of immunity to this because she went through a poisoning already. Whereas Adil and Sulla have never had to deal with the mycelium like this before. And plus it's being poisoned. So, like, they are just, like... Out of it, basically. So that's what's going on here. And then, Rail's magic, question mark? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Like My only thought was that,
0: that, was that Rail is connected to the mycelium and they're not, so that's the only thing I could come up with though the mycelium said they couldn't heal her I imagine it it, since she's inside of the mycelium she still has a certain amount of its power in her to withstand more than they would since they are not at all connected to it in a physical way Yeah. so that's my theory on it I agree with you
2: And I assume the rules of what magic works and what doesn't is part of the mother's plan kind of thing where it's like, your magic can't work, only the magic I need to work works in here, which is why the first song works. So that's that in case you were wondering what was going on with the Dylan Scylla because I saw confusion there. So we leave that scene and we go to a super gross scene where a Silver, Albin, and, the Fo- and Fox News took over one of the offices in the base, on base, um, for a bigoted recording, as one does. And Kara isn't there for some reasons, but we don't give a fuck, so we're not going to speculate why. And Silver's going on in the scene about how uh, the fact that Wade is dead or like returned from the dead is all fake news. And he should know because they were friends and he buried her and like, blah, 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 blah. And during this nonsense, Sterling shows up in disguise in one of those red, angry white citizens outfits. And he goes over to Isadora, who's like in the corner by the drink cart, because sure. And he basically like points out, he's like, hey, hey, the canister at Penelope is right here. So do your thing, Necro Queen, and make them
0: pay. We're here for it. <laughs> Sure are. Isadora's revenge slash Penelope's revenge.
2: Yes, Penelope's revenge.
0: The only, I will speculate on Car very quickly. I figure it's a scheduling conflict or a time constraint. That's all. Yep,
2: that's and we, don't the, need,
0: we don't need her. That's the amount of my caring. Um, Back to the core for Nadil an and the mycelium hole. Um, Adil tells Abigail, because she's, she has connected to him and linked with him to try to keep him alive. And Adil tells Abigail to break the link. But she says, and I think this scene is super cute. She says, I've got you, husband. I love that line, Ashley. You're so good. You made me tear up. Very sweet. Uh, she pretty much gives him an order because she's Abigail. She's like, You're staying alive. I'm not crying. You're crying. This is my other note here. Rael says uh, uh, Rael's talking to Scylla on the other side, so we've got couples time here. Rail says that they should have stayed at the lighthouse. And I'm, I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm that sure would have been. The agrees with that statement. Yeah, exactly. Uh Scylla says this isn't so bad and I'm like compared to what <laughs> just, you're in the giant mycelium hole <laughs> and everyone's dying. <laughs> uh but she's just trying to be, you know, Scylla. Um Okay, Caitlin <laughs> I just saw your note. She added I don't on to what next- I wrote. She added on to my thing where I'm like, compared to what? And she says, compared to being strung up with rocks flying at you. (laughs) True. I mean, she did have that. (laughs) Rail wants to know why she was chosen by the mycelium. And Scylla says, oh, that's simple. You're the only one strong enough to bear it all. All right. Yeah, Sure. I mean, that's just what Scylla has to tell her, you know, because I really think that there were other people that could whatever. Moving on. Yeah, I know.
2: This line was so weird from Elliot. I was like, sure.
0: (laughs) We don't have time to get into this. So here's the
2: line that explains everything.
0: (laughs) I get it from a Scylla trying to comfort Raelle. And she really does think Raelle is like the strongest because that's her wifey and they're in love. There you I go. I think Scylla could have done it too, but hey, whatever. Yeah. Messiah the was there to Scylla.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. That's why I don't think this line really explains anything from Elliot's perspective.
0: It doesn't. It only explains through um a a lover's it. perspective, shall we say? So the raised table rails is laying on lights up and causes them pain. <sighs> Rails in her light. Tally comes over to say that she's figured it all out. Apparently, I don't know how, but she did. And everyone has always said that we've had this big destiny. This is from Tally. It's about the three of us and how we change what's going to happen, not how we prevent it. And Rails' line is sounds good, Tal. Um, the mo- and then. W- Tally says, the mother wouldn't bring us this far, would she? And there's your little spark of doubt. Got to commercial.
2: Gotta have those commercials.
0: Every two minutes.
2: <laughs> Every two minutes. I do wanna point out in this scene, like when you get, like, this is when you first get the imagery of Rael in this scene. Of her as the sun god Jesus, because there's like a golden globe beneath her, and she's on a she's the only one on a raised platform with a golden globe beneath her. So this is the Jesus imagery for Rail's character. It's very I dread apparent.
0: for lesbian yes. Jesus. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Thank man. you, Jesse and David, for translating our tagline into Minashe.
2: So, meanwhile, in Virginia, Alder is doing some breaking and entering into that plantation home. And inside, she finds an old, dusty book that talks about the witch from Ghana on like the first page she opens to very conveniently. And during this scene, we get Alder's sexier, oldie-timey like voice narrating, because it's a woman this time and alder happens to be in this room where literally everything she's reading in the book is like drawn on the walls conveniently and the book she's reading is like this memoir i guess of the woman's voice so we're gonna go with that And it turns out in the memoir, Alder finds out the witch she's been searching for all along, the one from Ghana, the one that is the steward, is Jem Bellwether. So it's Jem Bellwether the whole time. And Jem is described in this memoir as being a super witch who essentially destroyed the plantation of her racist owners that like took her from Ghana. And the reason she's a super witch is she has the capability of singing two elements at once, which are, with like suit with like ease, it's like breathing for her, which is crazy and a testament to how powerful she is as a witch. So, I guess what this is implying, and it was never really like explained in Motherland, was that when witches do work, they're usually harnessing like one element, like earth, the Tareem, versus like water, which is like. I guess the weather work or necro, the power of the dead or whatever. Like they're usually doing like one element, but Jem can just harness like two at once. And the two at once she was harnessing with ease was earth and sky. So like the merging of earth and sky was essentially, we get what that really was implied here. And basically it's the bellwethers. So they were always the threat to the Camarilla. And what they were afraid of was the bellwethers realizing their full like, magical potential, which is that they can harness multiple elements at once, which is rare in witches' work and more powerful than anything else. So they were afraid of that, like, couldn't fight against that witch's work. And if witches figured that shit out, like, it's game over for, like, non-witches, basically. And, um, but the other, the sad piece about it is that, like, you know, like Elliot kind of talked about in the wedding a little bit through the interaction with Minerva and Abigail was that a lot of the bellwether history was just like lost to time. Like, and you can see why that kind of happened. Like the bellwethers through Jem were taken from their ancestral home against their will, planted somewhere else, stripped of their identity, became slaves. And like, because of their situation, like they're Their history was lost. So, their connection to their ancestor, that was like the first song steward, was severed and like lost to time through what happened to Jim, which is terrible, but it's a reality of like fucking slavery and one of the reasons why it's fucking terrible and ridiculous, aside from everything else about it. So, Bottom line is that Jem at the time barely remembered the first song seed. And so jump to her current aunts, like her current offspring generationally down the line, Abigail, Petra, none of them fucking know how to do this because even Jem didn't know. So that's the implication is that like Alder found the steward, but nobody knows the song because the steward never passed it on, kind of thing. But I love this one line in the memoir that describes the first song and the way Gem can do it by like harnessing the two elements. And it basically says like the song that Gem Seed has the power to break the world or remake it, which I thought was such a great description because if you've ever like watched and or read like The Wheel of Time, like it basically kind of talked, the whole premise of this book is like based, it's a fantasy book, but it's like based on this premise that like, in order to like start a new era, you kind of have to break the world to do it. So actually by singing the song to change the world, you have to actually break the world that exists to change it. So it's such like a powerful statement that's like, ooh, either or, but really like those two things have to kind of happen together, kind of sequentially to change anything. So I kind of love that. And it's, again, an implication for like the ultimate ending of this episode. And like kind of what happens going forward. So I, this scene is really awesome, and I love it a
0: lot. It's a good scene. Depending on how it's sung. Such a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we're going to go back to Silver and Album being gross for a minute, but also we get a little, uh, a little bit of good in here as well. So uh, Silver has, uh, I guess they've gone to commercial in whatever, on whatever channel he's live broadcasting onto with his bigotry. Uh, And Albin says that his speech was masterful. And I completely disagree. But Isadora doesn't care because she has a plan. She brings a tray of coffee and Albin downs one of the cups And then silver begins doubting begin. He becomes a doubting Debbie basically because he thinks they're not things. Nothing's going according to plan, et cetera, et cetera. And Albin just is trying to get him back in line and starts going over what he should say when they get back on the air. But then he realizes that he's just making things worse with silver. So he backs off and he has more coffee. And then Isadora asks him how the coffee is and and smiles. And he says, it's a little bitter. I'm like... (laughs) This line!
2: (laughs) Okay, so I have a what was Isadora doing off-screen moment that has to do with this coffee. So, okay, we figure out, like, one ingredient she put in this coffee, like, two seconds after the scene. But I think... Isadora was like fucking with that way more, like off screen. I think she got the task and she's like, I'm not your maid, bitch. And I think she like was off screen making that coffee, like as disgusting as humanly possible. Like she made it through like a drip coffee thing and she like let it burn and like. Was adding, like, really gross, like, ingredients she just had in the lab in there just to fuck with him. Like, she made it more disgusting and unpalatable than she needed to because she's a petty bitch, we learned in this episode. And I can see her
0: doing all of that. Absolutely. Yep. I bet Emily would say the same. Mm-hmm. So, as, as as I almost called you Isadora... Because your name's in the same.
2: <laughs> it does. One of the many reasons I personally feel seen by this character.
0: <laughs> yes. So, as Theora said, we're about to get the revenge coming. Um, Back on air, Silver talks about meeting Kelly at a softball game. But that's interrupted when Albin starts to have pain and he vomits which plague Penelope (laughs) he's consumed and turns into Penelope who then turns to Daddy Silver and asks was it worth it hi good question he starts (sighs) trying to apologize you can't apologize for what you did There's no apology for that. And trying to give, like, reason, not even reason, he's trying to justify by saying, well, they made me do it. Fuck you and everything you stand for. I call bullshit on that. Mm -hmm. I call bullshit
2: on that. I think they nudged into this. But if we all recall earlier this season, when you had Anacostia and Sterling trapped in a gladiator cell, you were taking way too much pleasure in fucking with them. Like Sterling, who apparently you've known f- so long like that he remembers Penelope as a like a toddler. And you were in there being like, you know, it's not you, it's me, it's best we have a clean break, you're about to die because you're a dirty witch. Like, you were having way too much fun power tripping and all this bullshit, so to backpedal now to save face with your daughter is disgusting. Like, that's all this really is. It's fucking bullshit.
0: He should have just not said anything and let her kill him. Yeah. But he's disgusting and he had to make excuses. Agreed. Um... (sighs) So she's like, basically, fuck you. And he's like, I love you so much as he hugs her. And she says, you too. It's like the thing you say when you you don't love somebody and you just say, you're just saying it. Anyway, and then she consumes him with witch plague and they both disappear. While Sterling and Isadora watch. But also, uh, I love the part in this where... Isadora is just like, yeah, bitch. What now? <laughs> I love when she's like, answer her. Fucking answer yeah, her. Yeah, that's what I mean. Answer her.
2: That was my favorite line of the episode. Answer her.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also,
2: my note on this was, I'm so confused. Go Isadora.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, where the fuck did Penelope go?
0: Yeah. Like, is Where did she go? Is she. Did she, like, go away now that she's gotten her revenge? Is she in the atmosphere? Yeah,
2: it is never touched on again. Where the fuck did Melanie just go? Like, okay, I don't understand a lot of the scene. I don't. I understand her killing Albin because if she has witch plague powers, he has witch vocal cords. So, like, witch plague would consume him. Sure. Killing Silver doesn't make sense because she killed him the same way with the witch plague, but he's a human. And we saw in the season two finale, the witch plague doesn't kill humans the way the mycelium doesn't kill witches. So I don't fully understand this, but I'll accept whatever this was for Penelope killing her dad because he deserves it. But then like Penelope disappears and goes, where? (laughs) Where? I don't understand. Did she go back in the container? Like, like did Isadora train her off screen, too? Where she's like, okay, Penelope, when you're not corporeal, you go back in the container. Like, go on. And she, like, slithers back in that container. I don't know. <laughs> but maybe she haunts Fort Salem. Maybe she haunts the Necro dungeon, like, forever. And, like, it's just, like, Isadora's little, like, atmosphere friend. And, like, she corporealizes whenever and they have chats. And I like to think that Isadora has, like, a friend in Penelope forever in the
0: Necro lab. That'd yeah, nice. that's what happened. The- okay, it's canon now boom perfect perfect can i mention one thing before you go on to the next one whatever you want i love what you titled this next scene yes read it aloud please (laughs) i'll get
2: there so for the next scene we're going back to the mycelium where Alder and the stewards have arrived because it's time for the first fucking song, which is what I titled this scene because that's all it is. And Tally's thrilled because one, she understands what happened, what's happening now. She had her big epiphany. She's like, I get it, I finally get it. But also, Alder's here, and it's Tally, so she's like, Yay, my wife is back. And Alder's like, Yep, Tally, it's great. Um, we don't have time for this. We have to get a move on. And then she goes and drops the bomb to Abigail. Hey, listen, you're the steward. You're the one I was looking for this whole fucking time. You've been here, whatever. But not to worry. Like, um, I know you don't know this because nobody passed the song on to you, but like, you'll get it once like we start singing. Don't worry about it. Just go with it and sing whatever comes into your heart or whatever. And while Alder's explaining this, <laughs> Tally fucks off and goes to give Rael a pep talk. And she's like, you got this, Rail. I understand what's happening. The world's not ending. Like, it's, it's going to be fine. Just remember, when we start singing, you need to send that sound literally everywhere in the world. No big deal. Like you got it, right? And Rail's like, mm, yeah, I got it. Like get the fuck away from me. I'm charging up now." And so the stewards start gathering behind <laughs> behind Rail. And Rail morphs into her final lesbian Jesus form. So she starts like glowing. So there's the golden glow behind her, which is like a halo. Jesus imagery because she's a sun god and then the purple glow which is like the mycelium it's like life death all that stuff is the purple glow and she's harnessing with the mycelium this is the mother's master plan basically and then the stewards start singing the first song and the first time I watched this I was like where the fuck is the shepherd dude (laughs) I didn't see him but he's there he's just you see him for like a split second and then he's With every camera angle during the singing, he's not on screen, but he's there. (laughs) Like that guy was the most pointless character in the whole season. Anyway, he's there, just, it doesn't matter. So what ends up happening is like, it works, the mother's master plan, and like Rayo shoots the mycelial spores out into the atmosphere and it like encapsulates the earth. And I had a question about this because I understand what the purpose of this is. But, like, isn't the mycelium poisoned right now? And so, if we're shooting mycelial spores into the atmosphere, like, you have to assume that they're poisoned. So what people are inhaling right now is partially
0: poisoned. So. Listen. Those are the details, Theora. <laughs> We don't need the details in this in this episode. Remember? <laughs>
2: no, I mean that's the point of the podcast: to talk about these things. I know.
0: <laughs> you want me to skip them? I'll skip them. No, I'm I'm being f- sarcastic as hell. So because we couldn't fit things and things in time, we're like, yes, okay. So we're going to spit the. It didn't have time to heal. The first song doesn't heal. Rail didn't heal it. (laughs) Yeah, so, like,
2: implication is that we're not just getting, like, pieces of the mycelium that are now infecting people. They're tainted. So, like, this may not go as the mother intended, is, like, the implication here that I'm reading into this. So, like, if if and when there are future, like, seasons or whatever books, whatever, that look into this, like, there's no way this just like goes smoothly because like this thing was poisoned
0: absolutely remember
2: that anyway when it's over Rael uses the mycelium to heal adil and silla so she's like she doesn't really get up from the platform she just looks to them touches the mycelial hyphae and does her little prayer and you see it light up and like go to the two of them so again using the mycelium to heal them After that, there's there's celebratory hugging that happens. A talder hug, there you go. Uh, Followed by a Rayla hug and Adil and Abigail hug with uh, Kalita. And I wanna talk about the Rayla part because honestly, I prefer that this is a hug instead of them making out, like they constantly have shown this season. Because this is a moment where like, Rayle kind of thought she lost Scylla because Scylla was like actively dying. And her healing magic didn't work the first time that it kind of worked the second time. And it was almost like this moment of like, wow, I almost lost you for good. Like you can like see it on her face. And the reaction to that is like, I need to feel that you're okay. And so she does this like very full bodied hug with Scylla. And like, you see her hands like clawing into Scylla's back, like trying to like be as physically as possible, like close to her. And to me, that was more intimate and an appropriate reaction and a better choice than like the face attacking stuff they've been doing all season so thank you whoever's choice this was I think this was a better thing for them to do than just like making out all the time so I appreciate this
0: I think it was appropriate as well it's much more fitting for the emotions in the scene if they had at all had any kind of face attacking it should have either been in the beginning of this episode, somehow, some way, whatever, there's no place to fit it. Or at the end when they're all holding each other, a small kiss might've been okay. However, not here. You're correct. I agree. This was much more appropriate and emotionally. Fitting. That's the word. Thank you. It's been a long week. <laughs> sure has been. Um, all right. You covered pretty much... Oh, no. I will say this. I really do have a uh, my favorite line in this scene. Okay, there's not a terribly large amount of lines, but I love that Abigail says, you've got to stop blowing up, shitbird. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, that we got
0: one more shitbird in there. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. I love it. Um, alright. Um, is that all for you? Yep, that was a scene. All right. So let's go outside and above ground where there's an eerie echo of the first song Atmosphere Thing, as Petra, Isadora, and Sterling emerge from a building, and then the underground group comes around the side of the building and meets up with them. Petra hugs Abigail and Adil and then backs up and breaks the news. About Anacostia to everyone. Then they each say something very apt about Anacostia and do the traditional send off to Anacostia Quartermain for those who dwell on the earth, and then two stomps as per which army protocol. We will
2: insert. Taps for you, Anacostia, and like we did for Isadora, Caitlin, and give you a quick eulogy. I didn't do that last time. I know you didn't. I did it. <laughs> you should actually go listen to it. It's really funny because I managed to fit taps in and then it ends with whatever song you put in, so it's like a really funny transition. <laughs> I'll send I you it. later. It's hilarious. <laughs> Feel free to do that now, too. It's really funny. All right. So, we salute to you, Anacostia Quartermain. I don't know how to give eulogies, but you were our Mama Cassia. You were the fierce mama that kept our unit safe. You recognized their potential from the beginning. You claimed to have remembered or saw the good in Scylla, but also at the beginning, you irrationally hated her. But we're glad we you eventually... Saw Scylla Big Witch Energy Horn for who she is. And in the end, none of this would have been possible without you and your sacrifice. So thank you, Mama Costia, Quartermain. Gone but never forgotten.
0: <sighs> Sad. God.
2: But, you know... I'm surprised more people didn't die because war, because like yeah. okay, in the afterstorm, Elliot's like, well, you know, or I it was Elliot or somebody was like, well, you know, it's war, so like some like you know it kept the realism. I'm like, realistically, more people should have died, <laughs> like not just one, but you know, if they're gonna kill kill one of the characters, it has to be somebody you care about, which is like what made Libba so emotional, like heart-wrenching and stuff because you like kind of got a fondness for her and like the characters got a fondness for her by the end and you know mamakasi was such a big central like um figure really the whole whole time and she was so connected to the protagonist like from the jump so to lose her at the end is probably the one of the most emotional characters you could lose besides like alder but like we you know alder at this point is like beyond death and life at this point so you can't really lose her but That would have been another, like, big, like, wow, like, character to lose. So, it's sad, but, like, kind of, from a storytelling perspective, it does make sense for it to have been Anacostia if they had to have the realism. I'm just glad they didn't kill Tally. I would have killed them. (laughs) So, Elliot escaped Caitlin's wrath. <laughs> by ke- and mine, by and breeze, by keeping all yes. our faves alive.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: I thought my fave was going down.
0: I honestly never thought mine was because I don't think Elliot is is unintelligent enough to kill off the, the queer canon couple. No, he's not. Um, Laura Neil, So there you go. No, he's not. Uh, so Alder tells Nicta that they need to talk, so they're gonna have their exes talk however many 20 some odd years later and um petra asks abigail what they did exactly and abigail's like i don't know but i think we changed everything but everyone and then we have a shot of everyone looking to the sky with oh i guess and do we have like the big my myce- the big cloud of witch bomb, mycelium, verse song stuff?
2: It's, it's fungal spores encapsulating the earth, is what it is.
0: That's what it is.
2: And that's what it is.
0: <laughs> and that's the end of that scene. I'm excited for the next one.
2: Me too. So we shoot on over to Alder and Necta who meet under a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G- No, not yet. What's happening under the tree is that they have their exes talk, like Bree said. And Alder's like, listen, um, if we're gonna do this, I, you need to talk to me with your real face. Like, what is this? And then we get one last shot of Candace Necta taking a golden lighter and, like, lighting her face on fire. And she says, anything for you, Sarah? Because, subtext. And then she transforms back into OG Necta, aka Arlen. And I literally gasped when this happened because I was not expecting to see Arlen again. And thank you, Elliot, and whoever else was involved for this gem of a scene and giving us this because this was my favorite scene in the episode. And I didn't realize how much I needed these two to like clear the air, but holy shit, like this was a big closure moment. So I thought this was really great. In the scene, after we get... Arlen's beautiful face. And Alder kind of like takes a second to like kind of take that in because like again like they've been haunting each other for like 30 years. That's what's been happening between the two of them. And Alder is finally like the bigger person and apologizes to Nikta for fucking her over all those years ago and recognizes the trauma that she caused. So this is Alder like full circle Alder, because we remember when we were first introduced to Alder, Alder was very much like, listen, I got to make big decisions that suck, but that's what leaders do and like no regrets. But we finally get Alder like recognizing, you know, a regret that she has and like taking ownership of her own part that she played in Nicta transforming into this spray Leader. So it's a very like um big moment for Alder because she's like taking ownership of her mistake. And for Nicta, like she needed to hear this. So it's very validating that like a recognition of her trauma and Alder's part in this. And it gives her closure with this very, very dark chapter that like defined her for the last 30 years. And Nikta basically says that by saying, hey, I'm also sorry that I spent so many years hating you instead of enjoying my life. And like, that's it. Like her the last 30 years of her life were just like, her being consumed by hatred, isolating herself and just hyper fixating on just getting back at the woman that did her wrong. And that's was Alder. And this thing that she says is so, is very serious and vulnerable. So of course, Nikta has to lighten the mood because it's Nikta. And she's like, I'm actually an incredibly fun person (laughs) which (laughs) was such a good line. And Alder has to laugh at this. And she's like, have you met yourself? (laughs) How are you fun? (laughs) You're like a hermit that lives in a cabin and talks to bats. Like, come on now. (laughs) And it's a good, like little humorous moment. But like at this point, like they've, put the past aside, and they're, you know, made up. And and Nikta doesn't react to this like she normally would. She kind of, like, almost enjoys it. She's like, okay, we're having fun. And it's very cute. So then that was the past. They dealt with the past. Now they're like, okay, they get on to the future. So Alder asks about Nikta's role with President Wade because, okay, because Wade was like, I'm going to get you, bitch, in the last episode. And now suddenly Nikta's working for Wade. So Nikta confirms that is what's happening. And she's like, "Eh, at least for now. So we'll see. So this is like... Basically, the two of them in the scene are making amends for their dark past. Like, Alder's reaching out to Nikta and then to settle that score. And then Nicta is making it up to America by, like, working with Wade to, like, make the world a better place, I guess. And the whole scene just puts them on equal footing again, which is really great. And then the scene ends with Alder teasing Nicta about being fun, which she is. And we get a romantic wide shot of the two of them walking away underneath a majestic tree kind of like the shots we used to get of Rayla in every season so wink wink nudge nudge
1: subtext
0: I would like to point out that this scene is the reason that I'm wearing my Nikta's Glamp summer camp shirt where chaos ensues
2: this scene saved the finale for me (laughs) is the reason I was very happy and felt closure at the end of it because what it's like their whole history was such a defining thing for like the whole fucking show. So like I know that we were rushed and there was not a lot of time to do stuff, but like closing this was so huge. So I'm really glad they kept this in. Like it was huge for both Alder and both Nicta to like move the fuck on. So I it mean It felt impl- good. It felt good, and there's bigger implications with that, but like Alder being a wiser leader, so she can go on to be like the, the mother or whatever who's learned from her past. And then you have, now what happens to the spree? If if Ald, if Nicda has like officially buried the Alder grudge, like what does that mean for the spree going forward? What do they become? So it closes one like storyline, but then opens the possibilities for others. So I, I do like that this is in here. And I think that's kind of why Elliot did it. Cause it's like, well, what if, like kind of stuff. Which is fun. And also, Um, do they get back together now? I mean, come on now. What was that wide shot, guys? There was no Rayla under a majestic live oak scene this season. These two got it. I love that.
0: Um. I lost my thought. Oh, no, here it is. On the future of the spree, what if they became the spies?
2: They should, because they're better at it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it
0: would be cool <laughs> sorry they already <laughs> use off canon work
2: yeah and it's also really easy to rebrand because it's almost the same amount of letters the spree the spies it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. like all the I paperwork it. the headers like they just have to change a few mm-hmm. letters and they're like we're the spies
0: here we go I-, I like that that you made me think of that so kudos my job mm-hmm. now for the rest of the episode <laughs> Tally has her sight back! I guess the atmosphere gave her... Her sight back. Cool. Cool bees. I like it. I wanted Tally to have her sight.
2: I also wonder if it's like now that the first song is like... Out there. Yeah, it's like gone from like all of the... They don't have that seed anymore. And so like Tally... Like that whatever trade she did with the frozen witch is undone so she gets her sight back maybe that was it
0: yeah i yeah could be um she sees the world covered in the first song through her sight like her it goes to different places in the world and then alder says well guess what Not everybody has your sight, so the mother wants everyone to see. Let's go. And at that moment, the first time I watched this, I was like, okay, so everybody's going to go. No, they're not. It's literally just Alder in the unit. Okay. Yep. What the fuck? (laughs) I feel like it... I understand the choice of... These are the three we started with. These are the three that go forward and carry on things. However, it makes me feel like the other characters lack importance. The other characters that none of these three would be here if they had not been part of this. Petra. Scylla. I'm not going to say Adil because he's the doormat. Kalita. (laughs) Where the hell is Kalita? The most powerful witch in the world, according to Alder. I don't get it.
2: I don't get it either. Yeah.
0: Okay. But, sure. Sure. So the mother speaks through Alder and says, long ago I merged with six women. I changed their voices in the way they hear. Descendants of the Zix became known as witches and f- were feared for their gifts. Now my gift is freely given thanks to you three. They are all awake and singing the same song. Basically, everyone is now a witch. On the planet. The world will need new stewards. They will need your vision, Tally. Your care, Rayel, And your fury, Abigail. They will call you goddesses. And then Alder comes back and says, did you get all that? And then Rael's like, we're ancient. What?
2: So, yeah, Elliot basically said at the, like, in the after the storm, at the start of season three, that, like, we're going to learn, like, witches aren't what you think they are, basically. And so I think the implication here is that, like, witches came first in some aspect evolutionarily speaking or like the mother came first like the creator whatever the mother is really supposed to be and like gave the gift of harnessing the elements of the earth to these individuals who then passed it on that's kind of like the implication I got that like really we're the OGs mm-hmm. and everybody else who can't do what we can do like isn't like they were meant to be us but some shit went down and they didn't. So here we are. So I think that's kind of the implication like when the elements were created harnessers of the elements kind of came along with that. So like we've been here mm-hmm. the whole time is kind of a, the implication. Yes.
0: is are the ancient ones. Right. So Alder says that which is a word, just a word they call us. And that is, you know, basically, listen, bitches, we're the ancient ones. You call us this word. It's your word. It's not ours. This isn't our identity. Um, But yeah, I guess what Alder's work is done. And she thanks them and kisses each one of their foreheads and says, when they call you goddesses, make sure you live up to it. And then dematerializes into mycelium particles. And then there's a dramatic song. They link hands and say, let us begin in Minashe. And we get a shot of the earth turning with the first song, spore encapsulation around it. And then hear them say, let us begin in Minashe again. Uh, Caitlin says I want to put funny notes in but it doesn't feel possible in this episode I just don't understand that's
2: fair enough Caitlin um so cool bookend Mm -hmm. I have something to say about this scene though that was a kind of well the whole mother thing so and like I put this on our tumblr and a lot of you guys interacted with it so thank you for that Because there's weird implications that come out of, like, what just went down. Um, Namely that, like, the mother doesn't know what consent is. (laughs) Because
0: the implication- That was my first thought! I was like, you turned them into witches without, like, that-
2: Correct. Yeah. Like, that's essentially what just happened here. Like, I understand the implication of, like, we're the ancient ones. Like, we were here first, really. And I'm just, like, like, doing what I was supposed to do thousands of years ago, but it didn't happen. Because, I mean, what we saw historically is, like, they're the ones that cr- had language. So, like, they were the first, like, sentient communicator humans, basically. But, like, the, mo- the mother just, like, does this in an instant. And they're like, well, they're all witches now. And I understand on the surface, the read is cool. Bigotry is gone. Because now we're all the same. We're all in equal footing. So, the thing that was dividing everybody was, like, witches versus non-witches. That's gone because we're all the same now. So, you can't. Have the leg to stand on that you used to for, like, the mother, the, um, not our daughters movement, the Camarilla. Their whole thing was hating witches. Well, we're all witches now. You can't hate us. But okay, psychologically speaking, you have a bunch of people who fucking hate witches, and now you turn them into a witch. So there's gonna be a lot of like self hatred and like trauma that comes with these people for processing, I'm the thing I hate now. So you're just traumatizing a whole bunch of people that you converted without their consent, which is fu- kind of fucked up. But also, implication for the Camarilla. So it's not like this group is just gonna be like, oh, we're all witches, well, we'll dissolve now. This is a f- very high funded group that's ancient and has a lot of power and just created all this military gear, right? And part of their military operations was getting vocal cords and like doing witches' work. So now you've just made them witches. So you just made it easier for them to do the thing that they're already doing. And they have all this gear that nobody else has that combats witches' work. So you actually just put them ahead of the game, like militarily speaking. And so hating witches was really just an excuse for them to like rally the masses, like the Not Our Daughters movement. So like, they can easily be like, we don't hate witches anymore. We're just gonna take that away and just take over the world, which was their goal the whole fucking time. So they actually just made this easier for like the Camaria to just like take over the world because they have, they are witches now, so they can do witches work. And they have technology to combat against witches that nobody else has. So they can make their power move like right now and take everybody off guard and just take over the world. So there's a lot of weird shit that gets implied by what just happened here. So the fact that all they're at the end is like, they're going to revere you as goddesses. I'm like, who's we who's they because maybe people who are witches now will be like cool you made everybody witches now we're not going to get hated but the people who are traumatized by this are going to look at them as like demons so like it really it's not the big like harmonizing thing it's like presented as basically a lot of weird implications from this like non-consensual witch transforming this whole thing just did
0: i actually think that's kind of on purpose
2: I'm sure, I mean, it's the reality of the situation. If you did something Mm -hmm. like this, yeah, like it's not going to be smooth. Nothing ever is.
0: Yep. And so that gives you a lot of, it gives you a lot of material to continue on with if there were, if there are slash were more seasons.
2: Yeah. and, And after the storm, if you haven't watched the finale after the storm, like go watch it. It's really like heartwarming and Elliot kind of explains Basically exactly that. He's like, you know, I wanted to end it with a bunch of what ifs so that, like, you can think about it and be like, oh, well, what if, and kind of thing. So it is by design like that. So just think about the implications of, like, just turning people into witches overnight. It's not as, like, ooh, we did it kind of move as it's, like, presented as. All right. And also this was, like, I I love the the implication that they're, like, goddesses at the end because, like, they were, I think they were always meant to be, like, the triple goddess, and, like, here's that confirmation at the end, so that's validating. Yep.
0: hmm Yeah. So, I suppose it's re- recap time. I like your recap. Yep. The recap is, we're all witches now.
2: That's the show. That's it. That's it. That's a recap. We're all witches, and R.I.P. Mama Costia. That's it. Yeah. Caitlin's
0: corner. It's time for Caitlin's corner. Are you tired enough? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! And hey, we only made you listen to us for an hour and 26 minutes. Yeah,
1: I was I when we were like halfway through the episode, it was like 30 some minutes, 40 some minutes. I was like, damn, yeah, we're getting we're getting tired. Go, Caitlin. Um bring us home. So, it is currently 2.46 p.m. for me. And you would think I'd be awake and not half asleep. But I've had barely any sleep this week. So, I am still exhausted. I think I did these last night. Alright, so 3.10, Caitlin's Corner, a.k.a. everything, every, oh, okay, every thought Caitlin has. I wrote down. Letter on phone. Fil- oh, no, that's later. All right. So this is my third time watching. I still have no idea what happens. This show is really beautiful. I think that's all the effects and, like, the graphics and stuff. Raelle sounds like me when I am half asleep. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine.
2: <laughs> Relatable. Yep.
1: Ha ha ha. Raelle knows Tally. <laughs> just like, I know I'm not going to blow up the world, Tally. <laughs> yep. Raelle should wipe her mouth. <laughs> she just has the blood. Just hanging there. But why is it Maybe so that's green? that's why Scylla didn't kiss her. <laughs> but why is it so green? Like, this is this, the Isadora scene. Because I understand that there's green walls, but it doesn't have to be that green. No. What? What? That's it. <laughs> That's what I'm... <laughs> still, want to punch... of... still want to punch Hurst in the face <laughs> Isadora the creepy laughy clown she got to use it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they don't know yet <laughs> no they, they don't didn't get... <laughs> they didn't get it we've never heard so much laughter in this show that's a really good point <laughs>
0: yeah Yeah, you're not joking
1: can I get some of that never mind I definitely don't need it
0: (laughs) (laughs) I assume you mean whatever
1: drug they gave her yeah and then I was like wait a minute I'm gonna be laughing my butt off while doing this I don't need any of it I told you I literally wrote every thought I had yeah I love it yeah (laughs) I am amazed that they never changed the opening but it would have cost too much
2: It's perfect the way it is.
1: Yeah, I love it the way it is.
0: They didn't need to.
1: I'm just saying, like, a lot of shows change the opening. Um, I don't understand Alder this season. Freaking explosion. Every time. (laughs) It scares me every single time. (laughs) This show is weird. Alright, this one's for Lissy. You're just going to have to bear with me for like 30 seconds. Okay? (coughs) Near, far, wherever you are I believe that the heart does go on Once more save you from the rest of that but that that that, okay so i know that doesn't make sense in here but when i was writing this this is when uh let's see fort salem necro wrote in the discord and sent us the titanic video so hence it went into the notes
2: explain for the listeners who don't know what scene that was in reference to
1: Oh, it was when they were in the mycelium and so I was saying I'll never let go, Rayo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so
0: there you go, guys. <laughs> Except instead of a ship, they're on they're inside the mycelium hole uh, with a plat <laughs> platform. And also, us be Jesus
2: light. It also works for the Adil Abigail thing because they're literally like, yeah. let me go. I won't let go. <laughs> it
1: does. Thank you, Caitlin. He, he, he. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was when I tweeted my prediction that Anacostia dies. I love Tally's sweater. But, like, Greg? love the bond between Scylla and Anacostia still making myself accept the ship (laughs) the ship it works either way (laughs) (laughs) oh my friend, it's just no okay so I knew that this was gonna mess me up because I went to I I watched it but then I rewound the scene and it went back to the scene before so I have notes that go back and forth from the scenes okay but the next note says nice little tiki lamps
0: are you talking about the bombs (laughs) (laughs) I love Uh how I translate Caitlin (laughs) Hey. I, I knew what it meant, but I love that you knew what it meant.
1: <laughs> Anna uh, definitely wants this to happen. Wink, wink. There are a lot of weird faces in this show. Whenever they start singing, oh, because like, can you just like you're just filming there, and like nothing's actually coming out of their I mouth, know. and they're just like. Ah, ah, ah. I was
2: thinking of that too. I'm like, that must
1: have sucked to have to do this scene. Some way to die though. Bree spoiled this for me. Sorry. So we were we were we were on the a video chat oh, together yeah. watching the episode, but Bree was two minutes ahead of me. So I knew so long she was like, "Oh, there it happened," and I'm like, "Okay, so she did die." <laughs> Thanks. Um, they could have put a little more substance in if they cut out even a quarter of the Tally Abigail fight scenes. Like, I feel like that's all they did was just, like,
0: swing the thing around. So, I mean, Michelle was proud.
1: Yeah, but I mean, no. Okay, so those, those scenes looked like it was the cutoff scourge, though. Oh, definitely. they did. Definitely. Yeah, so it's not as she'd still be proud she's michelle but also she had to have been i think she doubled the season sometimes because how else would keenan know her true well this was going back to a conversation we had not on camera that's true um the one good thing about changing faces is that they are giving more opportunities to actors
2: yeah that's a good point
0: I don't know what this one means. Yes. Look who's talking. <laughs> okay, hold on. Where are we in the episode again? That's- so It was
1: when Sterling was somewhere.
0: What was is, like, say? Sterling was a
1: different... I don't know. Well, that's
2: when he came in and was talking to Isadora, and he his big line there was,
1: get him or give him hell or something. No, 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 no. It was with, like, Petra.
0: Yeah, so she's Sterling talking to Petra. as the other dude. And Petra's like, um... I know you love Dana blah 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 blah. Oh, I don't remember what we said.
1: Uh, the next one says Jess is the sweetest thing, but I wouldn't want to be on the other end of that look. So uh, I don't know where we are. Who is she her
2: looking anger at? Look during the I don't, fight don't with know, Camilla, probably. Yeah, probably. Because when the sound goes off, she gets this like fury look and then starts like attacking everybody. Maybe it was that. I'm not in your brain. I'll just I just keep know. going. Yeah. I
1: don't I don't even know my own brain. Uh, forget Gregorio. Help the people with you. Don't let the dude take over your life. You literally just got together.
2: It's just relationship
1: um, advice in general. Tally can't see anything. Why would she know where Alder is? Because Abigail's like, where's Alder? Like, I don't know.
0: I've been with you the whole time. Well, they're so used to asking Tally what the fuck's going on because she's the only one that can see anything that they're just, like, defaulting back to to that whole thing.
2: Also, Abigail
0: doesn't listen to
2: Tally at all, so she probably didn't realize true. her sight was gone.
0: Yeah, it's true. Honestly, that, <laughs> <And> so... scene,
2: <laughs> that scene too, I love it, because finally Abigail's like, oh, you were right, Tally, about what you saw.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> the whole time she was like... So it's I, guess not you're right, I
2: guess you're right, Tally. We are here, where you said we were, and I gaslit you into thinking we would never be.
1: Fucking Abigail. Anyway. How much time has passed that Tally can't do anything but think about Greg? I wrote it like that, by the way.
2: It was literally less than 24 hours, because they went from the night of the wedding to the next morning was this battle.
1: So lessons yeah, were there. Yeah, uh, I may be getting a little bitter about this.
2: Oh, I know. But it's like... What the fuck, Tally? <laughs>
1: yeah. No, seriously though. Like, seriously. <laughs> I hate that. Like, just a guy. Cup. Like, ugh. see, this is what I'm trying to get Danielle to understand as well. Like, just because there there's a guy around, doesn't mean your whole life has to be him. Just saying.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Oh, still love you, Pranit. You got nothing to do with this.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Greg, however, needs to go to a dill. Agreed. Abigail can either be with Thelma or do some more work on herself first. The second one. Yeah. And then be with Thelma later.
2: Yeah. Fix yourself first.
1: Tally didn't kiss Nikta because Greg was there. (laughs) I said it in here too. (laughs) I really, I guess I really wanted to make sure that was a cause. (laughs) i didn't realize i said i try not to write the same things that i say in your notes which is also why i had trouble because like everything i thought i wrote down (sighs) do you do you think abigail ever have a dream that Tally stole her cavalier
0: oh good question that is a question
1: that's a fan fiction
2: Uh, yeah
1: oh (laughs) my thoughts have gone off the rails Sure, it is definitely realistic for the bad guys to stop fighting while they tell Tally to go.
0: Yeah, that's. Right. I thought that too. I was like, hi, why did we ju- They didn't... That was a perfect time to attack. All right.
1: This was the scene Kenan was talking about, I assume. Yeah, I was
2: waiting to find that scene. And it Wait, like- t- t- tell
1: me again, because... Um, when they're screaming, crying, and oh, therapy. Oh,
0: yes. F. Yeah,
1: I don't think that was in the interview. Um, it wasn't. I want to see. See, I, my favorite part about Caitlyn's corner is I can be cryptic about everything, and then people are like, "What are they talking about?" I'm like, you'll never know. Um, I want to know what is going through Isadora's head
0: while she's Just in that room the- with
1: them. Yeah. I'm gonna I did kill
2: too. You. I'm gonna, I'm kill, gonna you. kill you. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna you're kill gonna you. You're gonna die, and now you're dead. Ha 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 ha! And then she
1: does a <laughs> mad scientist laugh in her brain. That's what happened. In case you're wondering, are these the mushroom people? You remember that from that night? Uh, I don't. I I don't understand what that means either. To ask her if she ever figures that out. I'll never let go, Jack. What it
0: says. What the hell may Tally figure stuff out? Yeah, that's my question too. What the fuck? Did she just like have a message from the mycelium? I don't know.
1: Yeah, okay. So the rest of the season was pointless. Except Thelma. We always need her. Always. <laughs> I got distracted by Facebook and I'm getting really tired. I got distracted
2: by Facebook. That was Caitlin, not the episode. <laughs> that was Caitlin. Alvin Maybe will that's never when shut Shirley up. I got the information. Facebook? I <laughs> don't even have phones. Really?
1: <laughs> you don't she know. She just spoke
0: Facebook you know. to her brain. There you go.
1: Alvin will never shut up. Oh, okay. Bitter like you.
0: Only no. fair.
1: Penelope gets to kill him, but like, did she ever become a human again?
0: We don't know. Where did As she that Al from? said, Where the world will go? never know.
1: Earth and sky. What? Love the visual effects of the Earth. <laughs> they had to put Taldor together somehow. I'm just, oh, I'm just glad she isn't pregnant. Yes. Thank you. I don't, I don't know what they did either. Oh, because when Petra's like, what did you guys do? like, we don't really know. Like, I have no idea either. And then the next one is kiss, kiss, kiss. For Nikta and Balder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, love when Tally is happy like, always. The mycelium is healed. Oh, the mycelium is healed. Alder's hair shouldn't be gray.
0: Is it, though? Because it still got poisoned by the...
2: Yeah, I mean...
0: But isn't it healed? No. No, it's not healed at
2: all. Like, if anything, the mycelium just, like, did its last hurrah and sent all of its spores, which are mycelium little babies, up into the atmosphere. So it just exhausted all of its, like, energy to do that. So I don't know what state the mycelium's in right
0: now. The poison that they set off, the fungicide poison. It's still there. Still there.
2: Yeah. So like, if you think about it, the mycelium has had no time to rest at all this episode. So there's no way it can like give all their like a power boost to change your hair. Don't think about it too much. Just move on. So, like, everyone just wakes up with powers. Yeah, I guess so. Well, they wake up with witch anatomy, I
1: guess. Yeah, they gotta learn how to use the powers. I still don't get it. a <laughs> va yeah, I wanna hug all of them. Third time, still don't get it. All right, now I have letters to write. I mean, read. All right, I wrote one while you guys were talking. Oh, wait, I got... Oh, no. You sent... You sent stuff. Don't make me distracted on the phone. Oh, great. Thanks. Wonderful, Bree. Bree stood stuff. What did I do? You took a photo. Oh um i got distracted hold on i'm sorry I was, uh, yeah i got i got this bristol can you, oh no it's not bristol it's brooklyn i'm sorry never mind um so the, the first one okay just gonna read <clears throat> i forget what i wrote first so i might be repeating stuff i'm gonna say next i just want to say that i'm really proud of theora and brie i have been working them really hard this past month and it has been difficult there is so much work that goes into this, and I'm just proud to see how all this work is helping us grow. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed and interacted with us. Your support really helps us keep going. The amount of work that Thea and Bree have been putting in definitely needs to be recognized. We get so many wonderful opportunities because of it. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Um, now I wrote...
0: Yeah, right I- back at you because you've worked really, really hard.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caitlin, thank you for hanging in there and joining us on this crazy train. So we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your hard work, your dedication, creativity, and masterful management on this little podcast that could. So thank you for making us better than Uh we were when we started.
1: Oh, that means a lot. It's true.
0: It's very true.
2: Believe it, girl. It's true.
1: I love you guys. I'm sure I say it at some point in here. You love you Hold too. on, that's a bad one. <laughs> I love you guys. You're so adorable, and I love you so much. I just want to hug you so much. Uh, okay, I now that? I I already finished. <laughs> Actually, <don't. laughs> I finished my dinosaur nuggets. Um, I think I wrote this on Wednesday morning. When I was sappy, so... All the feels. Yeah. Getting to present the poll on Tuesday night was incredible. There were so many people there who we have gotten to interview and a few that we have scheduled. To have them be so open, loving, and interactive with us was heartwarming, really. I freaking love Keenan. At first, my tactic was to just pretend I was talking to Bree... Okay, I got this. I got this. My brain can function. At first, my tactic was to just pretend I was talking to Brie only like on the podcast. But seeing the people we have had long conversations with, even after we stopped recording, be so receptive and supportive, I can't explain the feeling it gives me. They made me feel seen and like we weren't just another interview for them. I mean, that was mostly because of Keenan shouting across the room to us, but the amount of people in that room who knew who we were? Ugh. Ugh. There really are no words. I'm so grateful for this job. The people we have met and things we have got to do are because of a lot of hard work we do. But when you love something so much, it doesn't feel like work at all. I finally understand that. It's not just being recognized by cast and crew members, though. Wow, I really don't remember writing any of this. Every message we get from listeners saying how much they love the podcast and the interviews we do, it means everything. We love doing this, but to know that there are a few hundred people out there who also love what we do, it feels so special. I don't think I'll ever be able to explain to Bree and Thee how much I love them and are grateful for them to bring me into this family. My life would be meaningless without them. I mean, that is true. I just didn't realize I wrote that. This podcast and these people gave me my purpose back. My family has seen me happier than I have been in such a long time. It's been a rough journey the past few years, but that passion for media has been reignited, and the people I now have in my life help me. And the people I now have in my life help me through every single day. Are you crying yet while reading this? You probably are, or at least thinking about how much you love Brian and Thay. <laughs> Anyway, my heart feels so full, and it's a feeling I haven't had in so long. I want this feeling to last, and I know it will with Brie and Thee by my side. So thank you to the cast, crew, and people who listen to us, but thank you, Bri and Theora, for welcoming me right away, helping me every single day, and reciprocating the love I feel for the both of you. This podcast and our team is everything to me, and I will always be grateful for what we have and will achieve together. Yeah. I don't remember any of that. You got this eye. You got half
2: of free. (laughs) The other
0: half
1: for
2: For all those listening at home, if you haven't noticed by now, the heart of this project is Caitlin. Yes. Caitlin is the
0: heart. No. No.
2: We're like the philanthropists. You just proved it. (laughs) You just proved it. Thank you, Caitlin, for sharing. And seriously, thank, thank you, you to all. The, this is our last recap episode of Motherland. Um, Unless something miracle happens. Yeah, I mean, that we know of. It, it could change. But uh, thank you to all those that started with us, who stuck with us, who, those of you who, who have joined, whoever along this journey. We really appreciate, like, basically to echo everything Caitlin just said, it was all very true. Like, yes. thank you for making us, you know. Like we started this because we love talking about the show and just thank you for all those who were also interested in what we had to say and that with us along the way. It made this, you know, a fun little journey. And, you know, I think we set out what we wanted to accomplish with this podcast, which was to engage people on this show. And thank you, Caitlin, for getting us to engage with people who made the show possible in the first place. So thank you,
0: everyone. exactly what they said i'll have to write my sappy crap down later and post it somewhere i'm not good live sappy
1: i wrote it days ago and i don't remember writing any of it
0: so (laughs) but thee is good at sappy uh on the fly (laughs) on the fly I'm i'm a writer through and through not an orator
1: but um, um all right i wish oh i wasn't goodness. so tired right now Like i'm really out of it That's okay are you still with it enough
2: to give our final big witch energy award winner
1: considering i forgot about it again
2: how <laughs> caitlin <laughs> It
1: don't know matter. you gotta do it on the fly this is the last one no like because I, I looked at it and i'm like I have to pick people, but I still have no idea what the hell happened in this episode. But I'm gonna, okay, I think, I think, maybe. Am I going first again? Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) All right. (laughs) So I can't cheat? And steal what it is? It's (laughs) just me. I don't care. Whoever wants to go first, you don't have to go
1: first. Well, I mean, I was like, I don't know who actually has big witch energy in this episode. That, I mean, I guess Anacostia does because she sacrifices herself, but she gets killed so early in the episode. And then I was like, well, maybe, 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 maybe Abigail. Just maybe a S- slight bit, just because she really worked with that scourge. she did. but I mean, do you know what? the mycelium okay, literally my- <laughs> mine was the mother. so <laughs> that bitch
2: changed the world, duped everyone this whole season, and then without consent, made everyone witches. If yeah. that's not big witch energy, what is?
0: Uh, exactly.
2: Like what is? The
0: OG the big witch energy yeah. is the mother.
2: Also, the mother. But side note, we didn't see this character, but off screen, we can officially say that Kelly Wade has big witch energy now
0: because she's a witch. So boom! Oh! That was my biggest takeaway
2: from the episode.
0: <laughs> I know, you did you tweeted that and I was like I
2: She has big witch. Girls energy now. Right. It's official.
0: Woo You know what? I, the mother gets the award, but so does everyone. Everyone that's a witch in this show gets the award because. So everyone, even a dill. No, I say the mother is my choice. But but you you just. But I'm following up with. But I think everyone in here has big witch energy before they met Abigail. (laughs) I (laughs) see. (laughs) <laughs> meaning a dill <deal. laughs> before
2: he did a deal. also wait, is it also possible to retroactively for like the whole show to retroactively give Big Witch Energy Award to Jem Bellwether? Because like Thank literally you. this was whole possible because of Jem Bellweather also.
0: Yep.
2: Like she um, has so much Big Witch Energy. She's a fucking legend, and people did not even get her name
0: right, like Jem Bellweather also. Uh so I really like my heart for some reason. I don't even know if I can explain everything, but I feel like Rail needs an award of some type because that bitch put up with a lot.
1: (laughs) I just want a NAP
2: award.
0: Yeah, she's like, give her the the, therapy award.
1: (laughs) The most traumatized award. Most traumatized. (laughs)
0: Hi, I'm going to lay here and let the mother blast her spores into space through me. Award. (laughs) I have a question. Sure.
1: Do we think Abigail redeemed herself at all? I,
0: like, through the entire series? Yeah, what do you mean, redeemed herself? Or, like, from in this season? Is she likable? Yes. I, I like Abigail.
2: I like Abigail. I thought Abigail had some of the best character growth I've ever seen in a mm-hmm. character from season one to season two. Because they presented her as this like posh, writes people off, super mm-hmm. driven character. But then she like learns to like love and know what it's like to be a friend, to be a daughter, like in the sense of those words, not just like this military structure. But then in season three, I don't know what happened to Abigail and that's where the frustration lies. It's not a hating Abigail thing or make it, her being unlikable. It's like they put her back as, like, the posh girl who dismisses people, which is not what happened with Abigail the rest of the show. So it's weird. So, like, in this episode, this was more like the Abigail I expected to see going into season three, where she's very, like open about all these changes and is, is a team player and is protective of everybody and not dismissive. She's uh, acknowledges Tally was right. Like this was the Abigail we should have had at the beginning of season 3.
1: That's why yeah. it felt different. Yes, yeah. it,
2: they regressed her whole character erased her whole character growth at the start of season 3 and I don't know why and it just it was weird. Like this ending was that was Abigail. Like so in a way, yes, I guess they redeemed abigail but not really it's like they wrote abigail where she should have been like the start of season three
1: at the end yeah all right i got another question how are they goddesses
2: because they were the ones that made it possible so okay so like the mother i think this is what it is the mother made witches in the first place right so like from everybody who talks about the mother, they talk about her as this creator, like goddess like entity. And so in this scenario, the reason everybody else is now a witch is because of Tally Abigail Rao and Alders piecing the fuck out of here. So the new creators of all these witches are gonna be seen as those three. So they're goddesses, they're the new mothers basically for yes. like, all these new witches. That's yes. the mythology. Of what just happened. So, like, we know the events and the reality because we just saw it. But, like, the mythology that's going to come out of it is that they're the goddesses that made everybody witches. They're the new mothers.
0: Mm-hmm. What My they head said. hurts. Well, we've had very little sleep for the past week, so that yes, makes sense. Yes, and
2: being in pain <sighs> is a great transition for a, who is your final Laura Neal Award winner.
0: This was the... the this final- is impossible. I know. Um, I mean, yeah... I mean, it's like those same people always. I don't know. I I didn't give my award yet because I wanted to talk through the episode with you guys first, and I think that uh, I I'm gonna like give it to the truck that squished it. Anacostia. I I think that the truck. I think it had a I lot of. I think the Laura truck Neal. was wanted. But well, like, it doesn't mean I can't give it the Laura Neal yeah, award. Yeah,
2: exactly. Okay. I think that's good. I'm also giving it to Silver because I fucking hate that bitch.
0: Yeah, I'm glad he's dead. I'm so glad he's dead.
1: Yeah, you know what? For like basically pretending like he didn't kill his daughter. Right.
2: The way he was so s- weaselly and just uh, cowardly he's and so- gross <sighs> at the end, like like Albin. Okay. Albin is maniacal and crazy, but he stayed true to who he was the whole time that episode. Whereas Silver, like, backpedaled immediately when he saw Penelope. He's like, "I didn't mean to do that. I love you." Like, you know, he starts gaslighting his daughter. Like, I mean, like, he's disgusting. He gets it for me. The truck he's is a good probably
0: one. the yeah. most disgusting character in a yeah. series.
2: Ultimately, he's that... the ultimate Lauren Hill Award winner. Is him? He's disgusting. He's just weak. He's.
1: Or Victor. Gross. Wait, wait. Can I give it to like an action? Sure,
2: whatever you want. Okay, whatever you want. I
1: I give I give the award to Tally being obsessed with a guy, just like with like not being her own person. So the compet
2: thing, she immediately fell uh-huh. into.
1: It's not been that long. No, twenty four hours tops. And, like, the last time she saw him was, like, what? Months ago. And she barely saw him. I love That's Gregorio. Her. I love Prini
0: I just... It just doesn't... It doesn't have anything to do with the character of Gregorio or Prini the actor. It has everything to do with what tally did once he came back into the picture
2: it didn't math for who tally is i
1: know Mm -hmm. that there was lack of time but there's lack of time it didn't have to be there not everything had to happen just saying i don't know i'm really tired your thoughts are valid
0: your thoughts and feelings are valid
1: I was just like I'm fine with them being together. I just want more of like a arc. Build up. I mean, I know I know that there would have been an arc if you didn't have the other show. But and I'm proud of him for having the other show. It's just I feel like it shouldn't have been that much. It could have been just like, "You know what? I I think I'm really starting to fall for this guy." Not, "Oh my god, this dude is my world." Right. I agree. Like it could have like set
2: up the implication that there will be like a development After this, but it was like the development happened and they're shoehorning like the end part in, you know, of Uh like the development. Yeah. I I feel you. It was, uh, it takes you out, like, um, believability wise, because it's been Uh like 12 hours.
1: All right, I'm going to stop talking because I know nothing's going
0: to make sense. But what's next?
1: Yeah. So.
2: This concludes our re- our recaps of episode by episode of Motherland Fort Salem. But what does that mean mm-hmm. for Big Witch Energy Podcast? Who wants to explain? I can't. If you guys well, know. we have a lot
0: of we have a lot of uh, content that we have coming up. Uh, we're going. We have interviews still scheduled. We have interviews that aren't out yet. You're going to see them. Eventually, motherland cast and crew with motherland cast and crew and I know you're going to enjoy them because these are amazing people and we love them so we do we also are going to film a motherland discussion episode with some of our friends from the fandom who you might know Uh, frick Caitlin's ditching us (laughs) Caitlin's leaving No. Uh, So we're excited about that um, And we hope you guys will enjoy hearing from them They're people that you, like I said, you probably will know At least some of them And then we're going to transition into Big Gay Energy So we can expand our coverage from just one show to other lgbtqia shows This was my goal since media. I started. She this has been crazy. planning our takeover of the world. <laughs> Thank the you up style. with the name. <laughs> and we're going to interview other creators and people uh actors and things of that nature hopefully that worked on other projects. So hopefully you will take that journey with us as well.
2: Yeah, so we'll be changing the format a little bit, but keeping the essence of what what Big Witch Energy always was, and that's highlighting projects with good representation from a, a, uh, like a queer perspective, and talking a little bit about it. And also, Caitlin is going to be more heavily featured in these episodes, which we're super excited about. So, I mean, if you so. guys have any media so. or th- things you're passionate about that you want us to cover or you think would be fun, like,
0: let us know. As yeah, always, so we love hearing from you. Tell we us. Do.
2: So we're not going anywhere. Um, we're not ditching motherland. We, we will just-
1: always hydrate for lesbian
0: Jesus. Yes, we yes. will always we- hydrate for lesbian Jesus.
2: We will be hydrating for lesbian Jesus 100% in every episode.
0: Don't think that, that we're just like leaving Motherland behind, leaving, leaving. If by some miracle it did get picked up or in it get something else, books, uh, a t- like a series movie or whatever, we would definitely cover it and relish doing it. Because these characters brought us together, this story brought us together, and it'll always be hold a special place for all of us. Exactly.
1: I have an announcement. Da-da-da. We will have a store available in the next week or two. Depending That's on how advice. fast I can. Yeah. You can get your own Hydra for Lesbian Jesus mug and a bunch of other designs that. There's a lot. And there's still more coming. Yeah. So we'll share and you guys
2: can check it out and. Uh... Hopefully you like what we got in our store.
0: Hopefully. Yeah. I will I'm excited to see
2: what everyone I'm super thinks. Excited. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for joining us on this journey. Hopefully you keep coming along with us when we transition into new kind of content. It has been an honor and a pleasure to cover this show and get to know all of you all.
0: So, thank you. Don't make me cry again. I am still no mourning my show. We will be taking a slight
2: break so Brie can probably mourn.
0: Yes. I will not
1: be taking a break. I am currently showing someone else the show and we are shooting reaction videos. So we'll also have which I'm excited to see. <clears throat> so we love you it's,
2: all. It's going to be
1: a fun time.
2: Guys, we need to sign off. Come on, We're we should s- do it. Yes. Okay.
1: Bye. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.
2: And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out.
0: Yes, and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod. Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod. Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod. Or you can email us at Big at gmail.com. Until
1: next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.